This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today, and I'm really excited that you and I are get to chat with my good friend, Amanda Hinman. So I have brought one of my other good friends, Tess Masters, on the podcast quite a few times. You're actually going to hear from her again next week, which is so fun, because Tess has been really instrumental in my life around changing my food sort of multiple times, which she teaches. I didn't know her in my 30s when I changed my food the first time, but everything she teaches is exactly what I did then. And then when I was really good friends with her and hit this hormonal moment in my mid 40s, I went right to her and she said she could help. And so she has been instrumental in how food and my hormones have really are coming into more harmony with each other. Let's just call it that. I'm in my late 40s and I'm just anticipating and excited that food and wellness are going to be an important, really important part of the rest of my life, but that I'm learning a new way of how they integrate into my life in these years right now. And I'm learning more and more and more. And it's just different. It's a little bit different than in my 30s. It's a little bit more nuanced. It's a little bit more like I wouldn't tell you that this way would work for you because I think everyone's a little bit different at this phase. And I just want to talk to as many people as possible because I think in our 40s, 50s, and 60s, as our hormones are really shifting and continue to shift what post-menopause, but as they're shifting going into menopause and perimenopause and then out of that I just feel like it's such an opportunity to really understand our bodies in a way that I don't think as a collective we ever have before because many of our mothers didn't talk about this or our grandmothers didn't talk about this and there was just a lot less known. And there's still not a ton talked about in more mainstream medicine. So I love having these conversations for myself and I love having them here because I just think that For certain things, knowledge really is power, and this is one of those areas. So Amanda Hinman, who we're going to get on in just a second, she's an applied functional medicine certified and integrative nutrition health coach, and she helps women 
figure out their hormones, figure out where they are. She does a lot of testing and then she can help women create a roadmap for navigating this stage. And though food is part of that, food is, you know, is a piece of that. And so I really wanted to bring Amanda on to explain the big picture. And then next week, we're going to dive into the food piece in particular. And what's super interesting about this is that you know, one of the first things that Amanda might share, because I'm going to ask her the question, is how food is one piece of the puzzle, because often when we're not clear what's happening in our bodies, our body can't actually absorb the food that we're eating. So we think we're getting healthier, but our body's not absorbing the nutrients. And that has to do with our bodies, where we're sourcing the food, a whole bunch of things. And so I just feel like between Tess and Amanda in the next two weeks, we're going to get this really full view of all this. So I'm so super excited and I hope that you are too. Both Amanda and Tess are going to be coming into Flow 365 to even answer some more questions as we head into a summer of really thinking about our health in that community, which I'm so excited about. So if you've been waiting to join and this is a piece that you want, then definitely hop on a call with us. See if it's a good time. I'm pretty sure it's always a good time. It's kind of that question of if you're where you are right now, a year from now, are you going to be okay? Is that okay? And if the answer is like, actually, no, it feels like not the right time. But if I was where I am right now, a year from now, I would feel really bad about myself. And that is when and why you should join flow in any area. So I'm just saying I'm making the invitation right now because we're focused on health, but you know, as a group, as a collective, but we are always individually focused on health and lifestyle and spirituality and work, whether for a lot of us that's entrepreneurship, but we also definitely have some women who are working very entrepreneurially in the corporate and nonprofit sectors. So that's my little PSA for Flow 365. If you go to plansimple.com, you go to the show notes, you will find a way to get on the phone with us and we will have a consultation and hopefully we will give you some great value and we will also tell you about how you could come into Flow if it seems like a good fit. All right. So if that is you, definitely do that because this will be an amazing summer for getting all of our health ducks lined up for this particular season and going into the next one. All right. So I'm going to get Amanda on in a minute because I just want her to answer all the questions. But again, I am just finding that this work right now is so powerful, so powerful to understand more and more and more about my body in a way that I feel like not even my primary care doctor has ever cared to know about my body. And so often when I think that, oh goodness, it's just going to be all downhill from here, I'm quite surprised after talking to people like Amanda and Tess, that it doesn't have to be that way. And it's so fun to practice it not being that way. So that's what I'm going to say about that. In one minute, we're going to get Amanda on, all right? So that's one thing. The other thing that I want to share with you about Amanda, because I think this is fun, and I just wanted to give you a glimpse into accountability. So I'm talking all the time about the reason that I do everything I do is because I just think we've been a little bit bamboozled that we're supposed to do everything ourselves and somehow we're supposed to be good at doing all the things ourselves and plus we're supposed to be doing all the things, right? Like all the things are way more than anybody has ever done before us. We're doing amazing work. We're raising amazing kids. We're tending to amazing homes. We're trying to take care of ourselves and have spiritual practices and all the things, right? And 
I just don't think we're supposed to go through that process alone. So I'm telling you this because this is what we do, right? We create community so that you don't have to do it alone. And I just want to say that I also invest in that for myself. And that's how I met Amanda was because she was in one of the groups that I am part of. And we became really good friends. And now we hold each other accountable too. So we talk all the time. We message each other daily so that we can be growing and evolving in really meaningful ways to both of us. So I just want to say that because it's really, it's so fun. I get to interview such a wide range of people. Some people are offering to be on the podcast and I've never met them, but they're talking about a subject matter that I really want to cover. And so it's this amazing opportunity to get to know someone better. And then sometimes I get to have people who I truly love and admire on the show. And of course, everyone in between, but Amanda's definitely an example of someone who I love and admire, and I really respect her work. So I think that that's all I have to share. We may mention that we're going to do an event together about planning for your health on the show. So just stay tuned. We're not going to do it exactly when I thought we were. So I pushed it out because I want Amanda to come into Flow 365 and really be able to support that community. And you're going to hear a lot from this episode. So if you want to take the next step with Amanda, you'll know how by the end. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is that coming up, if you're an entrepreneur, we are having a planning session for planning Q3. And go back and listen to the last episode that we posted about why I think that this is such an important thing to do and how it's different than setting goals. All right. So no matter when you're listening to this, no matter what quarter it's in, go listen to that because this was a huge aha in my own life. And that's what I got for you today. Again, go hop on a consult with us if joining flow is something that's like percolating in your being and enjoy this conversation. And I cannot wait to hear what resonates with you. So make sure to come on over to Instagram and share what resonates under the image that you'll see Amanda's beautiful face on, or send us an email, however you best communicate. We would love to know what resonates and how you're really taking action around your hormone health. All right, let's get Amanda on the show. Hello, Miss Amanda. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hi, Mia. I'm so excited to be here with you oh and have gosh. a great conversation. So excited to have you here. And I don't know why I miss Amanda, but that's okay. So <laughs> I'm just so excited to have you here today. And it's so fun because like podcasting is like my favorite part of my job sometimes <laughs> because it's just so fun to have these like deep, meaningful conversations with people. And sometimes I'm doing it with like, strangers, but it's so fun to be here with a friend because Amanda's a good friend. So yeah. first of all, let's start with what you balance because I think that's really impressive. <laughs> so tell us about like work. <laughs> home like oh just in my life not balancing the hormones yeah no not balancing the hormones yet we'll get there but like what in your life like what are you balancing right now who are you yeah who am I like I said my name is Amanda Hinman I am a mom of four daughters and a loving wife to my high school sweetheart so Mike (gasps) and I have been together for actually next month it will be 22 years love that how have we never made that connection before I have the same story oh you do oh yeah we met when we were juniors in high school 
I was a junior. He was a senior. We actually met when I was in seventh grade. He was in eighth grade, but we started dating my junior year. So. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> yes. And I have four daughters currently. They are ages 11, 13, 15, and 17, getting ready to send my oldest daughter off to university at Notre Dame next year, which is going to be a whole nother change in our family dynamic, but super excited for that. And founder and owner of Hinman Holistic Health. So we run a functional medicine health consulting company to empower women, primarily in their 40s and 50s, to take control of their health and feel absolutely amazing. So you feel better in the next decade than you did in the last. Oh my gosh, I love it. And I'm all 100% for that. I'm always looking around, you know, at women in different phases. And I feel like that phase right before you start working with people, it's kind of like, it reminds me of seventh and eighth grade as teenagers, you know, it's like a puffy, awkward age in for totally. women. And then it's like, we go through this whole thing. And so we're going to talk about that today. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I don't know about you, but like no one sat me down to have this conversation. <laughs> so, no, no, wait, no what? Normal curriculum that we learn. Yeah. We just yeah. well, actually, I will say what we do learn is that like, oh yeah, you're gonna go through menopause. It's gonna suck. You're gonna have all these bad symptoms, and then it's just kind of like accepting your health is gonna decline, and it is what it is. You know. So yeah. I think that's kind of the societal expectation, and I'm here to empower your audience to write a new story. What's super interesting is I'm going to share my story with you, which is a little bit different. I think it's part of like fix it culture and like our goal oriented culture, which we do goals a little different around here. So anyone who's new is probably like, what are you talking about? I thought you are all about goals, but I am about goals, but in a different way. And I personally had like this health transformation in terms of like really taking ownership of my health. I was mm -hmm. probably in my early thirties. And so I transformed a bunch of things, got off medication, and I thought I like fixed myself for life. So I actually thought like whenever anyone said like aging is bad, like all those things, I actually was able to ignore them and like fend mm -hmm. them off for many years. And then I got like, it was probably like four or five years ago. So I was like a little bit, you know, into my forties because I'm about mm -hmm. to be 48. So I was into my forties and I was just like, What? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I already fixed all this. Like, what's happening to my body? <laughs> and I was like in shock because I really thought I had solved the problem for life. So yeah, yeah well, and I appreciate edges. that. I think that that is a very common dynamic. I'm not saying it's true for everyone, but we have like a season where there's like a blip when, yeah, either late 20s or even early 30s where something is kind of just coming to a head and bubbling up. And then we do. And I had the same thing. That was when I had my autoimmune Hashimoto's diagnosis. Yes. And then it's like, okay, you kind of navigate that new territory and you get a new normal figured out and a routine that works. And then, I mean, physiologically speaking, our bodies are going to, all of us as women are going to go through a pretty substantial change when we're in perimenopause and into the menopausal years. So it is, it's almost like there's another, a whole new horizon to learn and to discover in a new way. Yeah. Can we just go there? <laughs> Can we just talk about sure. what that is and enlighten everybody who's like, either I had no idea or... Maybe something that I'm feeling right now is actually more normal than I thought it was yesterday. Yes. Well, and I think, I mean, just to kind of give some big picture overviews, I won't get into mm -hmm. all of the nitty gritty technicalities yeah. here, but really it comes down to, I always like to look at the six primary hormone levels, right? And hormone okay. levels. We're used to thinking about estrogen 
and progesterone. And many of your women may even be thinking about testosterone because those are the most common sex hormones, right? Yep. Those are the things that we're aware of when we think about our menstrual cycle, when we think about going through menopause and we're going to stop menstruating, your estrogen levels are going to significantly drop. Also, your progesterone and testosterone tends to drop as well. The ones that we don't necessarily always pay attention to in the same way are cortisol, insulin, and thyroid. And I think of those six as like the big six. Those are the ones that work in orchestration together. They influence each other substantially. And so naturally, if you think about it like a sailboat or like a, you know, a rowboat, if half of the boat is diminishing or changing levels drastically, of course, that's going to have an effect on the other half of the ship, right? So our mm -hmm. thyroid, our insulin, and our cortisol is also going to be impacted when we go through that transition into menopause. And I have a random question. Sure. Just like... If you're just going, I feel like I want to say, if you're just going to a muggle doctor, if you're just going to like a mainstream doctor, maybe I have the wrong one, but I don't feel like they talk about this. Like, I don't even no. feel like they talk about the three main ones. Yes. And that's so interesting, Mia, because oftentimes we have, so the one thing in like allopathic conventional Western medicine, it is a phenomenal, you know, societal structure and resource. I highly am a huge fan and it's knowing like the value of that information for the place that it is, and then what you get to supplement and also complement that with, because Western medicine has a very separate and distinct approach, right? So we got need for all of the sex hormone and menstruation and pregnancy. We'll go to an endocrinologist who will talk to you more about cortisol and thyroid levels, right? We'll even go to, you know, a gastroenterologist who's going to talk more about gut health and yeah. maybe get into insulin levels and insulin resistance. But we tend to segment those in terms of their different specialties, but we don't do a really great job about talking about the interconnectedness of all of those things. They're not right. separate and distinct. So they do impact and influence each other. And so the question is often I'm asked all the time. So I go in for my annual checkup. I have the lab work run and I don't necessarily know that much about my hormone levels. I mean, sometimes depending on what you're looking at, they may run blood levels of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone just to check on something. And yet they don't necessarily look at how well is your body utilizing those hormones mm. and metabolizing those hormones. So, you know, it's a chance for us, I think, again, and I'll use this language because I talk about this often to really step into the identity of being an empowered health leader yeah. for yourself, as opposed to a passive health reactor. Because Ooh, if we that. just, yeah, if we just follow the conventional practice by no fault of our own, it will happen that we were more likely to be a passive health reactor which means we don't really know that something is trending in the bad direction or an undesirable, I shouldn't say bad, undesirable pattern to create more blockage, impairment, depletion until we start to feel really crappy. And we have these signs and we have these symptoms and then we go to the doctor and we say, okay, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety. And they're a lot oftentimes the first response is here's a medication. Here's what can help you, right? With yeah. SSRI medication or something like that. Or I'm having weight gain. Okay, well, let's look at, you know, cutting calories, getting more active, which sound and well-meaning advice, but have we assessed the level of nourishment that your cells are actually getting? Are they getting what they need in order to turn on and kickstart your metabolism? Or is your body intentionally suppressing your metabolism because it perceives a lack of nourishment, right? Yes, got it. Can you give us an example of like 
a way that that looks different, just like from, I don't know, random example from a client, maybe (laughs) how we would actually do things differently than what we might perceive as the thing that we need to do. So I think the first part is knowing what information to collaborate and to look for and to request. So for example, I'm just going to give one very common example that you may have heard and other listeners may have heard about this, but the standard practice is to test your TSH levels, thyroid stimulating hormone. And that is a great start. It kind of gives an overarching pattern of hormone activity. And yet it's more beneficial to do a more detailed look at the thyroid and not only test THS, but also look at free T3, free T4, and even potentially thyroid antibody levels, just to get a fuller sense of not only how much is the thyroid signaling from the brain, but is our body able to utilize that hormone and, you know, not have blockage in the pathway. Another example is if you're having struggling with you know, just feeling a lot of symptoms, I'm going to generalize here, but insomnia, weight gain, you know, things like brain fog, or just not feeling like you have constipation, not feeling like clear and light in your bowel activity. I would be really interested in knowing how is your body processing your liver, right? How is your liver able to detoxify and remove toxins, metabolites, metabolic waste, all of that stuff. So looking at things like I, one of my favorites is a Dutch dried urine hormone metabolite test, because it gives us not only your hormone levels, but also how your body is able to process those hormones and utilize them. So these are just some examples of like, you know, inquiring, where can I learn more about my lab work, my biochemistry? physiology? What types of labs should I look into to discover that? Yeah. And although, and I know that you do this, so we'll tell people how to get in touch with you later, but I have in the past gone to my doctor and like asked for things because I've been in like programs and like heard people say things. Uh huh. And I don't always feel like they know what to do with it. You know, like they might do it for me, but then it's like, you're back to like, they're not taught in medical school how mm-hmm. to think about everything totally integrated in this way unless they're an integrative functional medicine doctor, but in sort of mainstream, we're in this silo area, you're going to get your thyroid tested because you've noticed some symptom. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's, they might know how to read it. There, you just honed in Mia on one of the limitations, because essentially that traditional model is set up with typically like 20 minute appointments and a very kind of like repetitive, consistent approach to, you know, what they look at, what are the signs, what are the diagnostic tools? And that's great because it catches like big glaring problems. It doesn't necessarily work as far upstream to, and like you said, a lot of times doctors don't, they're not reading these labs on a regular basis, or they don't necessarily have the comfort and the familiarity to gauge, okay, what is a recommendation or what's a conversation a collaboration that we can have based on this information. So it is, I do think there is a very intentional decision to invest in your health in a way that usually goes beyond what is covered by insurance, what is standard of care within the Western model. So again, it's kind of like, am I paying for this proactively initially upfront or am I gonna pay for it on the back end? I mean, I truly believe there's no such thing as a free lunch. So you're gonna end up paying for it one way or another. (laughs) It's a matter of are you doing it on your terms and proactively upfront and becoming educated and empowered and informed so you can make those choices that align with your goals or is it kind of just blipping along and then boom, yeah. I have a surprise, you know? Well, and the other thing, I have two other thoughts just based on what you've said, like 
that are sort of questions or thoughts that I love your comments on. So Mm -hmm. one, it's like, I feel like a lot of times when things like thyroid, like any of these tests, even that you've said that we, the three that we might know or Mm -hmm. feel more common, like we're not going to like proactively get them tested. It's like, we're going because some problems happening. Like we have a lump in our throat or we've gained a lot of weight or we're very tired. Like we're not going just because we've turned 42 and Mm -hmm. We want to know how we can live our best life for the next 20 years, right? Like, I don't think that's the incentive we've been taught or passed on in our Western culture. Yes, I would agree. One of my mentors actually uses this analogy. I love it because it's just kind of a very clear description of the way that our society approaches healthcare. And it's like, imagine I have a job where my job is to help people and repair boats. I work alongside a river and every day I go and my job is to fix all of the broken boats and bodies, right? And every day alongside the river, there are tons of like capsized boats that have holes in them that have shipwrecked and people flailing around, like almost drowning with broken bones and bodies and, you know, problems. So it's like, oh my God, there's a lot of work to do. I pull them out of the river and help patch them up and fix the boats and all this stuff. Well, after a month or so of doing this, you start to beg the question, like, why are all these people being injured and these boats being ruined, right? Let's see what's happening. What's the cause of this? And I look further upstream. If I walk a hundred yards upstream, I'll see a precipitous waterfall, right? Right. And there's like a huge plunge and it's like, oh my gosh, no wonder, like we should put signage up. We should give people different equipment, give them a life jacket, give them some training so they know how to navigate this. And when I look further upstream, I can see not all people being injured and boats being broken, there are some people that are actually doing this with fun. They've got like their rapid gear on, they're totally equipped and they're navigating this and looking like they're having a blast, right? So we have the capability. Our bodies are truly magnificent and really resilient. We have the capability to navigate the challenges and the demands of our world in a very enjoyable, peaceful, invigorating way. If we have the proper equipment, the proper education, the proper inspiration and the knowledge, it's just a matter of being willing to walk up the hundred paces upstream and see that, oh, wow, there's a waterfall here. If I'm not prepared, I'm going to kind of end up in a bad place. Yeah, I 100%. It's funny because when I was, you know, career number one was Mia Mm -hmm. being the designer and I did a lot of design in healthcare. And I remember doing a website for health services at a major university and they were like literally one of their like primary goals of messaging was just trying to get everyone to understand that you should make appointments with your doctor instead of going to the emergency room. So, you know, it wasn't even just that like they weren't even going to the doctor to get like the information that wasn't holistic. It's like they weren't even getting to the doctor. It was like we were like literally waiting for an emergency in order Mm -hmm. to go because the way the health insurance worked, it was sort of it was a similar situation to go to the doctor or the emergency room. And that really stuck with me, actually, because that was before I got healthy. Mm-hmm. But that really stuck with me over the years. Like every time something happens, you know, I'm always like, do we really need to go to the emergency room? Like, is it better to yeah. be home and like calming everybody down? You know, obviously, if there's a bone broken, you go to the emergency room. That's where it's so good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not always for like a fever. And I feel like the past me would have done that. So it's interesting sure. how we've just been conditioned in all these ways to interact with our medical world. Well, and I'll share with you, actually, it's ironic that you've mentioned the emergency room story because that was a huge wake-up call for me. Mia, I don't know if you want me to share a little bit about yeah, absolutely. Really the Let's catalyzing moment or story that led me on this path to be so passionate about taking a root cause, like functional approach to our health. So I think I mentioned I had been diagnosed with 
Hashimoto's thyroiditis when I was in my early 30s. So during my fourth pregnancy. And at that time, again, the funny thing is, I remember feeling so resentful, literally pissed off when I got that diagnosis, which this sounds kind of funny because I identified as somebody who was very healthy. I yes. was a fitness instructor. I had been in the sports performance world for over a decade. And I'm like, what do you mean I have a <laughs> lifelong autoimmune? Like I was <laughs> just in denial, right? Yeah. And that resentfulness just stuck with me. And it was a really negative emotional state. And I tried to remember, I was like, I went to start to work with a naturopath and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do all the things. And here's what happened and why I feel so passionate about doing it differently. I remember I went in, had a 40 minute appointment. He ordered like thousands of dollars worth of lab work, which was beneficial to get a sense of like yep. what my body's physiology is. And then I came back for a follow-up and he said, okay, here's the list of 18 supplements for you to start taking. Here's all the foods for you to eliminate. Come back and see me in three months. And at first I was like, okay, I got a game plan here. I'm going to go into this and I'm like high energy and all out. And after about six weeks, eight weeks, that resentfulness came back because I wasn't feeling dramatically different. Yeah. I felt massively deprived yeah. and was not understanding, like I'm taking all of these pills every day and I'm just like, what is this even doing? Like, it just was yeah. a total disconnect for me. Yeah. And then when I went back and had my labs were not really changed marketably, I was like, forget this, you know, this is not working. But I hadn't made some of the other most significant changes in A, my empowered understanding and B, my consistent daily choices about how I was managing my stress, how I was managing my sleep and other things like that. So 20 months after my diagnosis, my daughter, my oldest, who's going away to college, she'd always been kind of anxious and she started to develop seizures. And I'll never forget going to, in the emergency room, going, you know, in the ambulance after she's having this massive seizure, couldn't speak, couldn't talk. And it's like, what in the world is going on? Then we were down at Lurie Children's for three days. They're running all of the tests and everything. And the prognosis was, you know, sometimes these things are hereditary. She is prone to seizure activity. We need to keep her on medication. And over the coming weeks, it progressed to a point where she was having 10 to 15 seizures. Oh my a day. gosh. It was devastating. I mean, I'll never forget. There was a time where I turned around and my daughter had just fallen and hit her head on the mirror, like just convulsing on the floor. Like I never knew in the drop of a hat right. when her next episode was going to happen. And, and how old was she at this point? She was eight Got it. at this point. And just being in that situation of the outlook for her life was she would be on these four benzodiazepine medications for life. She wouldn't yeah. be able to drive a car because you can't on that much level of medication. The, yeah. the sharp, you know, witty girl that I had always known became kind of like a haze. Like she was just very blase because of the medication, the calmer yeah. down. Right. Right. And I'm like, this cannot be the normal. That's when I went back to study functional medicine for three years. And it was like, there has to be something else that we can do to help her body come into balance. Yeah. And to heal. But I say that with you because at the time, it wasn't until we were in the emergency room and I felt like my world, like the rug had been pulled out underneath. Yes. Like this came out of nowhere. Yeah. Later did I learn nothing comes out of nowhere. Right. It comes out of the oblivious, maybe. Like I just didn't know what I didn't know about the way we were living our life and the kind of the influence even I was having in her yeah. life. I'm not trying to project that it's all my fault or anything yeah. or that. I'm not even saying that this was something that went wrong. Now right. I can tell me 
this was actually a life divine redirection and intervention yes. for our family. And how but, is she now? Like, oh, how she's great. You able to, yeah. Yeah. So she was able to wean off of all medication in nine months, has been seizure free ever since. I mean, she's super grounded, obviously very academically successful, and she's looking forward to participating in the U.S. Air Force Reserves because she's just like... She can like drive planes. <laughs> exactly. Well, we had to go back for her to do because of her history. They have a you know caveat. You can't even join the Air Force if you obviously have a seizure history of seizures yeah. unless you've been seizure-free for eight years or longer. So last summer, she had to do a sleep-deprived EEG and sign off by the U.S. Department of Defense. And I remember the neurologist is looking at her history and the report and he's like, wait a second. She was on all of these medications and you're telling me she hasn't had any seizure activity in this long. And I'm like, correct. And he was just kind of like a little dumbfounded. He's like, well, all I can tell you is I give her a complete normal report. She is yeah. fit for duty, you know? So, so like, I don't want to map like specific, like diagnoses to specific changes, mm -hmm. but like, what are some surprising changes? Like listeners might be surprised by that obviously, you know, aren't medication, but like changes sure. that different diagnoses that have made a difference in their lifestyle. I would say the most common surprise, especially because I work with a lot of women who want to enhance their metabolism and release yep. weight. And yep. the most common surprise, especially when we look at micronutrient levels, which is how much is actually getting to your cell is twofold. A, they're not getting near enough nourishment in whether yeah. it be in the form of food and or specific supplements and B, their digestive capability is the gateway that's even if you're putting it in, is it actually being absorbed and utilized at the cellular level? So we work a lot on supporting digestion and nutrient density and foods getting in. So those I think are the two biggest surprises because we can say it all day long. Everyone knows yeah. like, oh, I should eat more healthy foods. I should eat more healthy foods. And yes, A, that can be part of it, but it's not just about having more salads and smoothies. But how does that even happen? Like, how do we absorb? Yeah, so it's different, but it's about a couple of fold. It's about the strength of your stomach acid. Okay. This, I'll share a tip. So this is, again, one of the number one thing that impedes our strong stomach acid is stress levels. Yeah. So what are you doing during mealtime, the time you're consuming, even the 20 minutes before you're consuming? How is that experience of eating even more impactful perhaps than the food that's on the plate? Yep. Right. So these are things that you and I, we probably talk about all the time, but again, it's making those connections so people can actually see in their lab work, like, holy cow, I actually thought it was different than it is, but I need to really be intentional about my choices when it comes to sitting down to eat breakfast or to step outside in the fresh sunshine, step away from my work and enjoy my lunch for 20 minutes. Right. That's amazing. And you, it sounds like you take the time to really sort of uncover what some of those yeah. things might be in people's lives as you see the lab work come in, unlike the guy who just gave you. <laughs> yeah. well, that's like, like, you know, because we, that's what it is. Our support is spread out over a period of six months with much more. A, it's really empowering, inspiring knowledge because you're like, oh my gosh, you're making all of these connections that you didn't realize before and getting like time saving tools and strategies of like, okay, what are best practices? What has worked for hundreds of other women before you to make some shifts and to start to do it in a sequential progression. So yeah. it's like, you're seeing the building momentum of like, okay, I can handle this. I can do this. Oh yeah. This changes how, and I see I'm feeling better. And now there's like building momentum as opposed to just like try and do it all and good luck. Come back in three months, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I just want to acknowledge like the way that you're talking about this, because essentially it's like, 
we're going in and we're optimizing a system, our own system. And I mean, I think one of those sources of stress of many women is we've sort of always treated ourselves as this thing that needs to be fixed. And so it's interesting to like put the time and attention in this way mm -hmm. and maybe not come at it with that energy of like, I'm needing to fix myself. What comes up for you when I say that? <laughs> and I would say we are so in sync on this, Mia, because actually I would say one of the biggest unexpected gifts of working with our members is actually more about learning to have complete awe and appreciation, admiration for your body that yes. often is the catalyst to inform your decisions and your choices. Because let's be honest, when you feel more in awe and respect of something, you're usually going to make a choice that's going to honor it. Usually when we are doing unhealthy, what I'm going to call like almost like sabotaging choices consistently, it's usually in a compensating, like feeling really down and really like shame or guilt or blame, not of like, holy cow, my digestive system is freaking miraculous. Like let's give it what it needs so it can do even better and do its job. You know, it's not fixing. It's actually more appreciating. Yeah. I love that. I love the yeah. word. Somebody recently shared on the podcast, I think it was Patty Lennon, was just shared appreciating over gratitude and just like how that's a different feeling. Like you can feel very mm -hmm. different to just appreciate it. I love that idea of just appreciating your body. So good. Yeah. So tell people, how do they find you? How do we find out more information? What's the best way to interact with Amanda? Yes, absolutely. You can find me at my Instagram as Hinman Amanda. Hinman Holistic. And one thing I would definitely, again, getting to that place of that empowered health leader, it starts with knowing yourself yep. more, you know, like refined, fine-tuned adjustments. And I'm happy to share, Mia, my free hormone health assessment, which gives oh. you kind of like, a, it's not from a diagnostic perspective, but a checklist of common symptoms for those six hormones that are the key hormones I talked about. So you can start to gauge like, oh, am I noticing like my thyroid is a little bit sluggish or underactive or... Do I potentially have insulin imbalance here? Like this is something I should maybe inquire and learn more about, right? So, and I'll give you the link to share in the show notes too, but that is a great starting place is to take Ooh, this hormone that. assessment, see where you fall in those categories. And then you have a roadmap to kind of like, okay, where do I want to start with? What do I look at first? I love that. And Amanda's going to come back and like dive a little bit deeper into the hormones and how like you're going to go deeper into each of those and how they might play out at this phase in our life, which I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening some days? But it's all good. I try to be in loving appreciation, even with <laughs> the brain fog, which still comes, even though I do a lot of things to take good care of my body. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, your man is like, um, I could fix that. But anyway, I know. What you're <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would want to share with the listeners? I mean, I feel like this is a good conversation. It's just really my whole message of inspiration is you are truly empowered and capable. And if you want something to be up-leveled even further, just expect it can get better in the next 10 years than it has been. And the key there is knowledge and inspiration to make it happen. I love it. I love it. So good. My grandmother who just lived, she just passed away at 105, definitely had the stress thing. Like she did not have stress. She like literally mm -hmm. created a life with no stress. She did not always eat perfectly. But she did create a life of no stress. But, and I think that's part of the secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you see what I was talking about? How yeah. some nutrients are important and the stress is usually the thing that depletes those nutrients the fastest. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait for everyone to get to know you even better. All right. Bye.
At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action. Change does come from action. And doable changes are the little things that will add up in your life one at a time where you make those micro shifts and you start to actually create a ripple effect that will then create that big change that you're really craving. Yes, big change does not take big action. In fact, I have seen over and over again that the opposite is true. So choose a doable change from today's episode that piques your interest, that feels really relevant, that you're excited to roll with and roll with it. And here are three that we have pinpointed as maybe a good starting point. So maybe pick one of these. Here is the first one. Practice appreciating your body. Appreciating your body is such a great starting point to make decisions and choices about your health. Think about how amazing it is that your body does what it does. Instead of focusing on what you don't like, notice that your body and its systems are amazing. And I love these days actually really thinking about those systems. It really helps take the edge off any body thoughts. All right, number two, upgrade your eating. Instead of eating at your desk or rushing through a meal that you just totally stressed about making, upgrade the experience. Take a break to eat your lunch. Sit at the table. Slow down, right? What does it mean for you to take a break and eat your lunch? Take your breakfast out into the sunshine. If you can't de-stress during making dinner, take a few slow breaths to really de-stress before you eat your dinner. So you're just upgrading the eating experience and you're focusing on that doable change for a week or a few days. So good. All right, doable change number three. Start taking charge of your health. Instead of being passive, make your doable step taking a small action that puts you in more control of your health. You could try something like Amanda's hormone assessment, right? You could learn more about what functional medicine is. You could research providers. You could make a proactive appointment. You could start reading a book about perimenopause or menopause. You could ask a good friend who's a few years ahead of you, or I don't know, maybe your mother, if she's not already talked about it to you. You know, you can ask people for what their experience was. But start really learning about your health so that you can really take ownership of it. The media might tell you differently, but this is such a worthy doable change. All right, that's a wrap. What do you think? What are you doing this week? Write it down. Put it somewhere. Make time for it in your calendar, all right? Come on over to Instagram. Tell us which one you chose. Shoot me an email. I want to know what it is that you're working with in your life. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. 
This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.